Think Fit, Be Fit, effective thinking for potent workouts. Think Fit, Be Fit is dedicated to creating a new conversation about your exercise. Our podcast helps to uncover how the fitness industry has misled us. And it will show you that if you believe in your ability to improve your body through exercise, you don't need to rely on diluted or shallow information. From there, you can then educate yourself about the thing you are trying to change, your body. Then by engaging in a process of self-mastery, you will discover the secrets of exercise. My name is Jen Schwartz. I'm the founder of Think Fit Be Fit podcast. As a full-time muscle activation technique specialist, strength and conditioning coach, and detailed-oriented personal trainer, I developed this podcast to help ensure that your time in the gym is well spent and that you have the power of enhancing your exercise with effective thinking. This podcast is an educational resource designed for those who have overcome injury and want to stay healthy in the gym. I have seen miraculous changes in my clients, pain, discomfort, and their training progress by working on the health of their neuromuscular system. Please go to the iTunes store to subscribe and let other people know you are learning from this podcast with a review. You can find out more about my daily practices and tips on Instagram and Facebook at impact underscore your underscore fitness and sign up for the newsletter at impactyourfitness.com. Hello, Think Fit, Be Fit, friends and family, and hopefully uh, big thinkers in exercise. This is Jen Schwartz, your hostess, and I am here with someone very special to my business and who helps me bring this content out and really uh, enables my creativity and I don't know what I would do without her. She's here today so that we can share the skinny on the 10 years that I've been in business as a entrepreneur and small business owner helping people and we just thought it was a great idea that we give you the rundown because, uh, as you know, it's the end of a decade, and that means no regrets, all celebration. <laughs> um, so, Katie, please tell all three of my listeners <laughs> who you are, <laughs> who you are, what you do, and uh, let's see, what your... I want them. I want them to know about your business, but I'd also love to know personally what's your next like certification for the twenty twenty. Ooh, loaded question. Um, So, hello, I'm Katie Skinner. Um, About two years ago, I founded the business Namaste Creative, Um, and what I do kind of varies (laughs) depending on the day, but my mission has always stayed the same, and it's to get people who want to make the world a better place staying in their creativity. Um, I really love to see, I really love to see people in their element. Um, And the industry that I have gravitated towards is anything having to do with wellness, fitness, spirituality, 
getting people back on the straight and narrow and undoing some of the damage that we've seen in this industry. Um, so I really do whatever it takes to get those people in their zone and helping people. Um, in terms of my next certification, I would have to say it's I'm torn between something physical like another yoga certification. I have a couple um, or NLP. That's um, neuralistic neuralist linguistic programming for those of you who are the not listeners familiar. have heard of this before. okay good i i am assuming you know you, your listeners seem like smart educated people or the kind of people who if they don't know what something means they would just pull out their phones and google it really quickly which is refreshing go ahead and google it friend <laughs> um yeah so neuralistically neurolinguistic programming i think it's being able to connect communicate with people on a deeper level than um what we know, how we normally communicate with people, getting them to access deeper parts of their brain and help heal things that they might not see or deal with every day. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know people, clients of mine who are doctors, uh, talk therapists, and I know people that are in the space of like yoga and fitness that have NLP, and it's it, it would be on my list of things. Like I honestly. I need another lifetime to do all the classes and learning that I want to do. And yeah. I think that we share that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm realizing that you all are from all over the world. We have uh, Russian listeners. We have Canadian listeners. Of, actually, a lot of Canadian listeners. We have uh, none in South America or Mexico, but all over Europe and definitely Australia. So I'm pretty convinced that these people are not my clients and no one I've ever met before. So we're gonna review different stages of the business and maybe you'll get some uh, inspiration. I'm pretty, I've known from a pretty early age that I've been, I'm a leader. Like, all of my teachers knew that, definitely my coaches, uh, my poor brother, <laughs> my cousins. Like, I was, I was always a leader. I was always going first. So here we go. Like, that's where we're going to start. So Katie's, like, pretty much, I called her the moderator for this podcast. So she's going to um, just ask questions about how this whole thing evolved and where we're at now and hopefully where we're going uh, as a business and a vision. Yeah. I So I think about the analytics that you brought up about how you have listeners from places that you may have not even ever set foot. And that just kind of speaks to the amazingness of the internet and the universality, universality, the universal nature of the, the stuff that you talk about. Um, so do you believe that impact your fitness and where you're going and what this business really represents to you? Do you feel like that's something that anybody can take something from? Well, fitness is definitely a global thing. Uh, we are lucky enough to live in this generation that we are choosing how long we live, how well we live and how much, you know, how much we're going to get out of that life. And certainly in the United States, we can choose all kinds of avenues to do that in. Like, it's amazing. So 
when we say impact your fitness, uh, defining your fitness is one part of that and, and appreciating that you can have your own definition of fitness. You know, it's not, uh, it's not, we don't have to, you know, work uh, labor all day to maintain our fitness, um, even if that was a choice, or we don't have to like ride our horse and like go kill our meat. Like, um, but the other part of that is the injury prevention part. And injury prevention is huge because most of us in this generation have grown up playing sports. Um, anyways, that's who the podcast listeners are. We have old sports injuries and we accumulated them early enough where it impacts our orthopedic health. Like for me, I had a three knee surgeries before I was 18 and they were all sports related. So that I realized early on that I had to put a premium on staying injury free because I couldn't, my bones and my joints, my knees could not afford more damage at that age. Uh, if we are going to live to 80 plus and then 100 plus, we can't do it in broken, aching bodies. So we have to prevent injury. And so this podcast is really me sharing these um, things that I've learned along the way to help people um, prevent injuries for the long run and keep their health habits and their fitness uh, as a piece of, um, what is it? Like something they can hold on to for longevity and that managing health and fitness are one of the same things where, you know, I feel like I'm a healthcare provider, not necessarily like a fitness provider, even though I don't fit into the modern medical American paradigm, what I'm doing is helping people manage their health. And I think, um, you know, you've spoken to this in lots of your content and lots of your podcasts. I think that as this society gets a little bit more industrialized, like we're sitting for longer, we're working longer hours, we're dealing with more stress, we're in traffic, especially in this um, Washington, D.C. metro area, you see a lot of people who kind of work really long hours and then they rely on their fitness game to undo all of that. Like they yeah. believe that they can undo nine hours of sitting in front of a computer at one hour at the gym. Um, and I think something that your work really speaks to is that's not necessarily the case. That is there. It's a lifestyle and you have to start including things like, um, you know, working with your nervous system to decompress and de-stress and because that affects your whole body. So, um, I guess that kind of brings me to one question that I really want to ask is how did this, you know, there's a mission in your, your, your heart, you have your own personal experience with your multiple knee surgeries and your injuries. What made you start this business? What kind of made you say that you wanted to be the leader yeah. to, to make this be a business rather than just an idea? Yeah. Well, uh, I knew from a very young age that I was going to be my own boss. Like I knew that as, um, when it was time to like play dress up, like I would dress up as a boss. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was also a director in my plays as a like 10 year old. I would organize the whole neighborhood. Yeah, show the other 10 year olds who's up, what's yep. up. <laughs> yeah. So I would organize all the neighbor kids and put them in costume. Uh, we made a stage out of cardboard. Uh, and then 
we would, um, you know, it was just, it was very obvious, like, that was my path, and I knew it. I was also an entrepreneur <laughs> very early on. I would paint rocks and put them in my wagon and sell them, so I was, like, selling rocks. That's, that's like, entrepreneurial spirit right there. Like, you get rocks yep. off the street, and you, yep. you turn them into something people want to buy. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I don't remember if they bought any. I lived in a really small neighborhood, but um, I did try. And I don't, it's like, the funny thing is, it's same with soccer. Like, I never remember winning. Like, I remember playing my heart out. <laughs> and that's what, that's what, like, being a business owner is. I feel like I'm playing mm-hmm. my heart out every day. And I feel like I'm on a team, even though I'm not. <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah. That, especially, like, the, even if it is a delusion, like, you have yeah. to believe and understand that you are part of a team in order to make it out of bed every day. That there's, like, people out there that are supporting you. Yes. Yes. I really believe that my team is, um, it's it's you. Obviously, you're on my team. I pay you to be on my team. <laughs> but even, like, Natalie, like, she yeah. was my coach mm-hmm. and on my team. Mm-hmm. She's still on my team. I don't pay her right now, but mm-hmm. she's definitely, cause, like, I. She's rooting for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I root for her. She roots for me. I have a mm-hmm. friend I was talking to on Instagram last night, Jocelyn. I know she listens to this podcast, so, and she's, uh, like, we met, we only spent one weekend together in a class, and she literally said, I feel like we've been on the same team mm-hmm. for years. So that's one thing. And then the the actual mechanics of me figuring out that this was my business mm-hmm. uh, came from soccer. Everything is, everything came from soccer. I, um, I don't know where I would be uh, in reality if I didn't have sports. And that I was there were some times where I didn't, I was forced to do more than I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. I think that's that's pretty common. Yeah. And even though, even despite that, once I got there, it was like all good. And that was like part of the lesson, right? You show up. Yeah. And then when I was in college, um, my mother died when I was 20. She had Lou Gehrig's disease. And so this also starts with my fascination with the nervous system. Mm -hmm. The nervous system is the thing that dies in the person with Lou Gehrig's disease. They have this melting candle of all their neuromuscular control until the neuromuscular control hits their lungs and they choke to death. Oh, I didn't know about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's really sad. Sorry to... But it's real. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's real. It's a, it's a real thing. So when Jennifer tells you to take care of your nervous system, she's yeah. not just, you know, trying to be the boss again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I see the nervous I so the So when I was 20, I left college where I was playing soccer, and I was having very little success as a college soccer player, uh, which is funny because in high school I was the success. Like where did you I go to college? Um, a place called Goldie Beacom College, and I also went to University of Delaware and ended up at Marymount down here in Arlington, cool. Virginia. And so you're saying about high school? Soccer. Yeah, high school I did I did great, mm-hmm. like I was a star, and that set me up for failure, or yeah. having <laughs> to work really hard in yeah. college. And so when my mom died, and I was working so hard at college um my only friend the person i only considered my only friend got kicked out for smoking weed yikes and then i was like oh i still want to smoke weed what am i gonna do 
that was no. a dilemma. I mean, um, <laughs> you're, you're under a lot of stress. Yeah. yeah. Um, being an athlete in but college. Yeah, marijuana back then was very cultural to the soccer community. I didn't know that. It was a very Rasta. Like it was a, I didn't know that. They kind of aligned. <laughs> it doesn't go that way anymore, but like when in the people that are my age or my older millennial generation can totally, they're like, oh, stop, you're probably just <laughs> in the car. You know? Dang. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then there was, um, so I went to Europe and um, pretended I was going to play soccer there on a team. And I walked on to a semi-professional team there. And I got my first taste, taste of coaching mm. there. And I fell in love with uh, teaching the young ones the game. And I also was exposed to um, sexism. And yeah. uh What's the word that when people homophobes? Yeah. And so in Europe, and I mean it's still there today. Um, so what? A lot of lesbians play soccer. So what? Mm-hmm. But some people really hate that. I'm not sure why. Yeah. And that's a that's a loaded subject. <laughs> yeah. But I felt it was the first time where I realized as an American, I was privileged. It mm-hmm. was the first time, and that's not the first time I went to Europe to play soccer. Mm-hmm. I did it when I was younger, um, but I was surrounded by a bunch of Americans. Like we, had, w- I was in a crew of 40 girls, 30, mm-hmm. 40 girls, and a crew of 60 boys. Like we traveled all together. And, you know, you don't realize it then, but when you're one of three Americans on a crew of 30, you're like, oh, this is, I'm coming from extreme privilege, mm-hmm. even going into a place like Holland or Germany, you're still privileged as an American mm-hmm. back 20 years ago. And then the, the thing that I realized, I was like, okay, I am a, fem- I am an athlete. I never thought of myself as a female athlete. And I never, like, I didn't distinguish the two that, there was male and female. And yeah, there's a difference. That there's a difference, you mm-hmm. know. I was just – so when I came back to the States, my first mission was I'm going to change the women's game. I felt so empowered to show girls that we are so privileged to represent the whole entire well, – you can hear me tearing up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. We are so privileged – to be the Kickstarters, you know? Yeah. To show the world stage that women are amazing and women mm-hmm. are capable and worthy and can take over the world. Mm-hmm. So I, like, truly believe that soccer has that power. And I felt that very strongly then. And I'm crying because it was, like, my mom too was like in that in that mission with me like i knew that her her vision and her spirit was carrying me through like the fact that like half of my college was paid for yeah. and she was one of six siblings the only one of six that went to college and had to share a bed with her sister and her dad was a drunk and she got her daughter to college, and it was, like, mostly paid for. Like, that was her dream. 
re this is a reality that every day we can forge that vision. Every day is an American. Yeah. Every day is a female American. Mm -hmm. We can make the world better. And so that's how my business started. And I became obsessed with muscles, fitness, mm -hmm. um, working out. Because I knew that fitness and soccer, like, there was no work. Like, I, I was introduced to working out at the gym at 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, my God, I love it. And I also loved it because I was getting so much attention from men. Yeah. But, like, I just loved it because I had control. And I knew that the weight room was somewhere I could better myself. And I had that edge on everyone. And that was one of my strengths as a player. And, and to carry teammate. out that, that vision, I feel like carrying out that vision that your mom left for you. Mm -hmm. Like, just so much attention and love and intention went into you and your growth and then getting to kind of take a break so to speak from your privilege in europe you come back to the u.s and you're like just loaded with energy is what it sounds like just a lot of passion and that is something that i feel like you have a lot of in your business is just a lot of energy and a lot of passion and a lot of direction yeah thank you i mean it there is it's um you know it was also um a grieving process that was how I was going to grieve. That was how I was going to get over, you know. And honestly, I didn't feel the grief of m the loss of my mother and accept it until maybe six years ago. Yeah. I mean, she died in 2002. Because so you knew it was time to work. I mean, sometimes people process grief by channeling it into a honestly, creation, like which is I what had, you did. Yeah, I had money, that, mm -hmm. you know, from the whatever you want to call it, the will and life insurance. Mm -hmm. Like, I could have done a lot of damage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a, a whole nother sad part of the story that was about my father. We're not going to get into that. But, you know, essentially, I've never had someplace I could just call home since I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And 19. 19 years old. And when you don't have that foundation, you... I, I just felt like I didn't have a choice and it was my mission and that uh -huh. was what I was going to do. So in that time, I was also bartending a lot. That was um, something I relied on heavily for my income. And so that those years that we just covered were like year 2000 to year uh, 2005. So would you say those were the first five years of your business? Uh, I was just coaching a lot of soccer. Oh, right. Yeah. We, we, had, we had gotten into... Yeah. yeah. It hasn't yeah. been that... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I left school 2003 and three, came back, did a whole bunch of... I was studying marketing, so I had to do a whole bunch of anatomy, physiology, chemistry to get a degree in pre-physical therapy. And so that kind of was like 2005 to two, 2006 to 2009 is when I did that. Like part time, I was bartending, coaching soccer, personal training, and going to school. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Day in the life. Day in the life <laughs> of yeah. a boss. But, yeah, I mean, but you know, honestly, my my personality still suits wearing many hats. Yeah, I <laughs> I I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then like the first like five years of my business, um, the so the first year two thousand nine, is when I just was cold calling soccer mm -hmm. clubs. 
got lucky that the Alexandria Soccer Club said, oh, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Will you be an assistant coach on these three teams and run the fitness and run fitness for them, for these girls? And I said, yes. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and That's, that yeah. sounds like a, being, in a, a, being a business owner is cold calling necessary. <laughs> and people um, don't realize, like, how – easy that actually is. It, it, it can yeah. be if done yeah. in alignment it can be incredibly magical yeah. like just like oh my gosh I can't believe this person said yes and then and then there you are yeah. <laughs> and then you're figuring it out along the way yeah um, every big step that I've I had in those first five years was a result of cold calling because people just don't know who you are I mean like you yeah. ha- you have to put yourself out there yeah. otherwise I don't know I've I've heard met lots of other people who couldn't even do that they they're afraid of rejection or getting um put you know putting themselves out there or they think they're quote unquote bothering people but i think one theme across probably all 10 years of your business is just being persistent and putting yourself out there even if you're not cold calling you're Mm -hmm. still every day you're showing up for yourself for your clients um for your podcast listeners you're just putting yourself out there consistently and you know there's bigger worse things in the world than cold calling and like you just mentioned Mm -hmm. it, it 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 turned out successful for you and it was like the budding of your yeah of your I, had business. A, I did have a boot camp experience of cold calling though yikes i <laughs> i went door to door when i was in college yeah at, on one summer i was like selling um these charity like coupon things and i straight up went door to door and i had a list and i would make fucking circles <laughs> and i would hit every door and i would get yeah. the nose and there was a law of averages yeah. And that's what I stuck to. And that's the same law of averages I stuck to when I started my own business. Yeah. I, I got to call this many soccer clubs. I have to send this many emails, and I have to find out people's names, and I have to get to know them, and I mm-hmm. have to network. Mm-hmm. And even if I wasn't getting a yes from them, I was networking. Mm-hmm. I was in like, I've, I played at a really high level, and if you want me to come out and talk to your girls and show them and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah for free, I will do that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, that, those – and I drove my cute little Nissan Altima around Northern Virginia and a little bit of Maryland until I got the clients that I wanted. Yeah. Um, so I feel like every business owner either has or should have an experience of a story like that. Just yeah. like driving their car all around and just, <laughs> just like, but being so, I'm sure like you mentioned, like you had so much energy being so in love with that struggle in the moment that you look back and you reflect and you're like, Oh my gosh, how did I get through that without, yeah. you know, just, but just being so in love with the process. And that's how you know that you're like a born and bred entrepreneur is like those moments, you maybe wouldn't do it again, but no, you, I mean, I would though, I had bartending to go to at night and I was super excited about that. Like I loved, yeah. I loved bartending. And that's being in love with the process, yeah. like being in love with your side gig when you're you're getting your um, business off the ground. Being in love with your side gig is what makes your business grow, ironically. Um, so that just <laughs> sounds like you had the perfect personality for it. You went for it, and you were just so in the moment for the whole thing. The side gig. Yeah, I hadn't even, like, really uh, shown the gratitude for that side gig until really now. But I can um, hear like, – yeah. I mean, I can tell because I know when I – started my business I still had my full-time job and I had so much resentment towards it and that's if you're in that space as a listener where you're kind of working your um your gig and you're looking to get your passion project off the ground there's really nothing wrong with you um that's very normal but it's going every day is going to feel like you're walking through mud because I had a desk job (laughs) and every day just felt terrible 
absolutely, absolutely terrible. And I was just like begging and praying for my business to take off the ground, um, wondering what I was doing wrong. And I think in retrospect, it's not until you, your day, you're, you feel gratitude for every little minute that your, that, that energy just kind of like supercharges your business, which is what sounds like happened to you. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've always loved the hustle. Like mm-hmm. I love chasing things and getting it. Like and I think yeah. some people in this world were born to move matter. Like I, I just think like some people in this world were born to like change things, and like disrupt industries. Um, and that's when, you know, like when come hell or high water, like in your story with your mom, first of all, thank you for sharing that. I know that that's like heavy stuff that you don't feel like you quote unquote should be talking about, but there's so many people who need to hear it because it's like the real stuff. And there's lots of people who go through that kind of thing and feel like they could never talk about that publicly. But, um, despite that you like moved matter, you opened up this studio, like you've changed, you know, you've changed my life and you've changed other people's lives and like all of your clients, I'm sure. So like when I say move matter, I mean like actually get things tangibly done. Um, and that's, yeah. yeah. So you were saying you, you know, love the hustle. So yeah. Well, thank you. I really like, Ugh, I feel that like right here, right in the, the upper gut. Um, yeah, the solar plexus. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Me and my mind and all the other little personalities inside of me. Um, Pretty cool. <laughs> so Better than being boring. <laughs> yeah, we're not boring. Um, so then um, I guess so now we're now we're in the I'm stepping into meeting muscle activation technique. Oh, cool. Which was. A massive game changer. Mm-hmm. So up until then, I was on this my own personal health mission as well. Uh, I knew that my knees didn't feel right after the last surgery, uh, and I still managed to do a lot with my body. A big turning point for me was when I took up mountain biking for a boy. Oh no! Yes, <laughs> and I saw a snake on the bike and the last thing you should do on a mountain bike is freeze up and brace you it is it's like downhill skiing so i was a downhill skier too that was one of my knee injuries like i was uh i was doing all kinds of stuff i shouldn't have been doing um (laughs) and it's an ultimate flip it's the ultimate flip Mm -hmm. uh like climbing like anything where you if you take your moment your focus out of that moment you're screwed yeah. So mountain biking, you've got to flow, and you're going fast, and the mm-hmm. brakes are very tempting, and mm. they take you out of flow. And so I saw Snake. I braked for Snake. I ran over Snake. <laughs> I was freaking out. R. I R. fell, snake. and I fractured uh, a vertebra in my neck. Dang. Yeah. So I miraculously didn't really know it um, until – like two weeks later, I had the x-ray done. They were like, okay, there's a fracture that it will heal on its own, but you need to take care of yourself. Like, <laughs> you know. So uh, that's when I started the I got to find a practitioner who's going to take care of me Yeah. mission. So I was in working in a gym, bartending, and, uh, and then so I started meeting different chiropractors and started meeting different people in that space, and they weren't helping. Uh, my goals, which were um, to be able to straighten my knee fully on my right and fix, help my posture because my posture was all weird ever since that incident. Like one shoulder was higher. I, I just, it was driving mm. me crazy. 
and it wasn't like a pain level that was driving me crazy. It was like the like this. I knew it wasn't perfect, and mm-hmm. that just I wasn't. I, I knew I wasn't going to operate that like that at twenty five years old. Yeah, and especially when your work is very dependent on your your body. your, your yeah. physicality. Yeah, mm-hmm. like just those little things. Just or, and when you know it's not how it used to be, and you want things to go back to the way they were. Yeah, and that's you know that's one of the messages like. I feel like I have to get out there too. It's like you don't have to accept a broken body, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't have to accept the reality of that. But anyways, the, uh, so I met muscle activation techniques after I slipped at the bar Yikes. on a very wet floor and my knee like blew up swell swelling wise. And I was like, Oh my God, did it happen again? Did I tear my knee ligament again? And he goes, yes, I did. Yikes. So I went to the girl at the gym. Her name is Ami, and she's a muscle activation technique specialist in Denver at the moment. And I said, I don't want to get surgery again. Can you help me? And she was like, yes, I love your attitude. High huh. five. Let's go. And I got treated once a week for the next pretty much um, a pretty on, on schedule for four months um, and pretty regularly for about probably eight months took a little break and then I would get treated again pretty regularly for a couple years. Honestly, within the first two sessions, I was fine. Like I, I was like, my body feels 19 again, mm-hmm. the 19 that I love that felt fast and able and agile. Yeah. And that's when I said, Hey, can you just help me get my certifications? And can I follow you around? And she said, yes. And that was that. So, I had already started my LLC at this point. This was, no, I just had started it. So that was about 2007, 2008, then 2009 rolls around. Um, and that's when I started my LLC was January 2009 and started getting more clients in the soccer world mm-hmm. uh, and doing a lot of education for female athletes, um, doing a lot of training for female athletes, and I was driving all over the place again. Mm-hmm. So I had, like, compacted my life, and then I was like, oh, I'm, I'm on the road again. Yeah. And then stopped working at the gym and, yeah, just started doing the MAT, like, uh, education path. Um, you started your certification in MAT? Yeah. Okay. yeah I started, cool. yeah, there's, like, trainer level, and then there's specialist level. Mm-hmm. So trainer, I did all the trainer level, and then I went through some courses called the RTS program, Resistance Training Specialist. Absolute game changer. Mm-hmm. That is honestly like, if I could do it all over again, they would be first on my list. Cool. RTS. And the listeners definitely know that term, and the teacher's name is Tom Purvis, and it's total game changer. So. Uh, and, and, and then it was like, really, I, I spent so much time and money on education. Mm-hmm. I stopped bartending in 2010. I went back to it for like six months and realized it was total hell. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I had to go back for a couple months. It was less than six months. It was maybe four. I had to go back to it for four months because of finances. I wasn't quite ready to do the full leap. Um, but you know, I, you know, and I worked at one gym kind of very part-time sports club LA shout out to all my people that I'm still friends with from there. Uh And, you know, I was really introduced to true exercise professionals there, Uh which is very hard to come by these days, I think. 
you've got a lot of um, the Instagram crowd has totally yeah. taken over. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I started my first studio as soon as I got my full specialist of muscle activation techniques, which is a 10-month certification. Mm, wow. They make you work for it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's important. You know, yeah. you, don't, you want to weed out the kind of people who are in it just for the gram, <laughs> mm -hmm. so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I've my, I, I myself yeah. have done certifications that are two days long, um, and I kind of leave that feeling like I don't feel better about the world knowing that there's people who just kind of rush through this and now can give advice about physicality and emotions. And so it, in a way, I, it kind of just speaks to the strength and importance of MAT. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it is, it's a very unknown modality, but the people that go through the process and are changing their perspective on how the muscle function works, muscle system works and how muscle function works based on a thought process rather than anatomy and physiology that is mm -hmm. seriously outdated. Like mm -hmm. The textbooks are, have done us so wrong. Mm -hmm. back over. Um, and they... The textbooks in general, uh, the, you know, that, that's another reason for this podcast is because the, un, the inside view of exercise is very unknown. Mm -hmm. People do not think about the, what we call the micro progressions of what exercise does to our body. And we are so focused on the external performance of our body what it looks like on the outside. Mm. Even what the exercise looks like on the outside, rarely are we thinking about the joints, mm -hmm. what's happening at the joints. And it's, and the important thing that I have learned early on was that nothing is automatic. We can't just think that what's true for one person is true for the person you know, 10 feet away. Yeah. And that's, I think for me, from my perspective, it's heartbreaking to see. I actually, I actually went to a boutique fitness studio on Friday and I kind of realized like halfway through, I was getting a really good workout. I was getting my butt kicked cause that's their job. But I kind of realized like we really do approach fitness as if everybody is the same and we tend to industrial. Well, we do definitely industrialize it. Like, um, if you go into a gym or take a workout class or work with just kind of any old personal trainer who you may not really know or trust. Um, it's treated like you're in line at a McDonald's drive-thru. Like you get the same thing as everybody else. You pay the price and you move on. Like yep. you just keep going without any kind of thought to education or aftercare. Um, it's just kind of like pay the money, get the thing, get out. Um, yep. And yep. that's what I realized. Like that's kind of heartbreaking about our fitness industry. And I do believe, I do know that you're, you're um, approach to it is very very different just like yeah yeah no i it definitely like i think there's there are important phases that that entry level fast food fitness can serve some good yeah but it's definitely a short term mm -hmm. you know honestly and this has been shown in research anybody that is untrained walking by itself and a little bit of jogging will um, will 
help people lose fat and burn mus- and build muscle mm-hmm. at once. Yeah. That is so unheard of once you get to a high fitness level. You can't do both at the same time unless you are super nerdy about it. Yeah. And so there is some good to the entry level, but people have to realize that the everything changes and that mm-hmm. fitness is a puzzle, so is nutrition, a puzzle that you're never going to solve. Mm-hmm. And you have to enjoy twink- tinkering with the pieces and moving them around and shuffling them around just a little bit at a time until it fits for that moment. And then the puzzle's going to change. Yeah. The, like, the challenge is going to change. And that, oof, that is, if anybody, if you have not listened to one fucking word I've said, <laughs> that's the piece you need to hear right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And to listen to yourself above anything else like yeah. your own and to you know know thyself um and to implement that rather than i mean boutique fitness is a great place to get started yeah uh, to start your passion yeah um you know for me it's been like working with uh, instructors when they say something and i'm like oh i wonder why they said that i'm gonna go learn more about that joint yeah. or that why does it hurt when i do this and um so that all being said i do feel like the passion you in your business like you definitely are a good great representation of like person who is passionate in their business in terms of your story it's very like speaks to like what it's like to be an entrepreneur like you you've had setbacks but then you've come back you've had the side hustle you went all in and like you drove around the whole world you like you flew to other countries just to learn more about this thing like you've put in the blood sweat and tears Mm -hmm. um and you and you have that passion that that drives you um do you feel like your passion for what you do tends to waver or has it always been that strong and strongly consistent? Mm, No, I, I find, I find the betterment of oneself completely fascinating. Mm -hmm. I find Mm -hmm. social and economic decision-making fascinating. Yeah. I think more people should find it fascinating. It's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. And I wish more people thought it was cool. (laughs) Um, So I love that I could have, flavor of the month for mm-hmm. fitness mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for a long time mm-hmm. I have never been so focused in my strength training as I am now and until then I was at the buffet I was having a ton of fun and working out and I used to teach group classes and back to that boutique fitness thing I think there is so much good and this is why I put the boutique fitness guide out I think there's so much good in the socialization of exercise Mm-hmm, I it's, agree. A, it's actually, you know, part of our one of our human needs, you know, is socialization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're with 10 unhealthy people, nine unhealthy people, you're going to be the 10th. Yeah. If you're with three unhealthy people, you're going to be the fourth. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to classes and having fun and moving your body, that is amazing. Even if you don't talk to anybody else, like the yes. release of the oxytocin that comes yep. out in our sweat mm-hmm. is just like a mood booster yep. in and of itself. Yep. Yeah. I haven't worked out by myself in months. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. So, and, you know, that's why, that's also why uh, Instagram is my workout buddy too. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell you guys what's going on in my workouts and how I'm feeling before and after. And Because I don't think yeah. you're one of those people who does things just for the sake of like hearing yourself talk mm-hmm. or like, you know, you don't work out just for the sake of working out, mm-hmm. um, but to, to share and to connect um, mm-hmm. and to kind of 
you know, it, it, like you, all that you've gone through is to, to build this platform yeah. and to show others that you know what you're talking I about. Have, like literally, I have arthritis in both my knees. I have the knees of a 50 year old. Categorically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, an orthopedic surgeon would not clear me to do the stuff that I do. Yeah. I have zero pain. I have almost, almost no limitations. And mm-hmm. people need to know that. People need to mm-hmm. feel that these injuries can exist, arthritis can exist underneath the surface, and you can kick ass. Yeah. And that's so important. Um, but the, yeah, I mean, so <laughs> like back to that, like this timeline thing. Um, my first group certification was body pump. Hello. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, body pump is Les Mills. They, they, they're like, um, at the sport and health, they're at gold's gym. Mm-hmm. So teaching group exercise oh, and yeah, was well. like, to me, I was like, this is a party. Like, let's go. Yeah. And I loved it. My Saturday morning class at SCLA was packed. Fun. My 9am class. And you know what? Sometimes I showed up a little drunk. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, from the night before. Sometimes and you gotta be a little drunk. <laughs> yeah. Stuff you can do class. in your 20s. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. I don't teach group classes. I hope none of the soccer players are listening. Um, <laughs> so, which I know they are. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's, um, I don't know. I just, I, I still think there's good in the fast food fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think people really have to uh, acknowledge that everything changes, their body's needs changes, and Clocking in and clocking out about an extra of a mm-hmm. workout is not um, useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, treating it as penance for your cupcakes is not useful. In fact, it's damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have had bad experiences in gym class as a youngster have poor body image, negative thoughts about exercise in their 30s. Yeah, 40s. like having to run the mile or do the pace the pace pacer whatever it's called (laughs) i administer the pacer at the soccer club so i'm okay i'm I'm okay with it but you know what they're supposed to be competitive Mm -hmm. so if you're not learning how to be competitive and Mm -hmm. listening to adult coaches curse like i don't know what soccer is and you talk a lot about (laughs) um having your um mind and like your mind and muscle connection like understanding what's going on that your your brain and your muscles are talking to each other and mentally checking out of yeah. A workout is not helping with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, your every every um the muscles can operate we take it they can operate with very little stimulus. Like they're just holding you together all day long. And I realized this in my cadaver classes, which is also extremely formative to everything I've done is taking cadaver lab and doing dissections. Volu- like as a as a extra credential, not extracurricular, not because I had to. Um, you realize that how much abuse our body can take. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, you're like, I don't even know where I was going with that. Um, but it's it, real. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. So the God, where was I going with that? These tangents happen. It's part of the process. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a very tangential podcast. I, I don't know. I love a good tangential yeah. podcast. So this is <laughs> right. I mean, we're staying on task. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this. Um, yeah. So the cadaver courses that I've taken have been completely formative to my outlook as a practitioner and seeing like how much our body can withstand um, 
and looking at it from a structural point of view, uh, meaning the materials, and seeing how strong the fascia is, seeing mm-hmm. how strong the muscle connections are, and like, um, and what fat looks like. Uh, the, all that stuff has permanently changed the way that I view the body and view exercise. So I think... Uh, Which is very healthy, and I... Yeah. Again, wish more people would change the way that they see fat or body or exercise. Like it's yeah. our bodies are a very well oiled machine. Like mm-hmm. it knows what's up, um, and you know. But it's also a very intuitive thing. Like our fascia, for example, is a very intuitive mechanism, but it it also is like it's it's data. It's yeah. it's, it's a map to how we treat ourselves. Yeah. No, that's funny. It literally is a map. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a map of how forces go through our body, and it's uh it's. Of course, like everything in fitness, it's been the word has been overused um, for certain populations, and it doesn't work as some people say it works. But well, from my perspective, as putting my hands on it and examining it very closely, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and anyways, um, so you said something I think that wrapped up what this ten year journey has been for me and it was the word intuitive mm-hmm. I have not come fully into where I'm in at, at now without coaching and learning about intuition mm-hmm. coaching my intuition yeah actually taking classes on intuition learning yeah. about it and getting weird about it yeah and gotta get weird <laughs> yeah getting weird with it gotta get weird gotta get weird <laughs> yeah gotta get weird but weird is just a different word to use for uncomfortable yeah um and you being uncomfortable is very likely giving you everything that you have now Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah so the last two years i've been very focused on my spiritual development my intuitive development can and and learning about everything from my chart my past lives Mm -hmm. um to other dimensions and opening my mind to those possibilities and floating and uh, practicing um, getting treated by different modalities that are not physical, like not massage, but very mind, body, spirit oriented and looking at different rhythms of my body. And that has all of that work has directly impacted my income mm-hmm. my sustainability as a business mm-hmm. i'm more sustainable now than i've ever been and i don't think it's just being in business for 10 years yes i have clients who love me who've been around for a while but sustaining them um has come from working on me mm-hmm. and being so focused on the inside and as an extreme extrovert extreme extrovert my science my, my chart is full of cardinals like, it is, like, I might as well just run around with, like, spikes on my head. Like <laughs> <laughs> and it is um, that um, working internally uh, creates the sustainability that I have, the mm-hmm. relationships I have with my clients. Um, otherwise, I would have fired several of them a while ago. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have been able to withstand their crap. Yeah. And their crap. It's not my crap. I know that. Their crap is what they have to deal with to feel fully pain-free. Yeah. And, you know, muscle activation techniques is amazing conduit for that. But if I don't have the energy 
and your space um, to recharge, to be focused. Like, I am not a good practitioner. And seeking out others. So my first mentor was on me, the girl who and mm-hmm. changed my life. Mm-hmm. in uh she's in denver and god bless her god yeah definitely <laughs> and she has she um was a mentor but also a friend so it wasn't like a true mentorship my first real mat mentor kicked my ass kicked my ass i cried <laughs> after our tutoring sessions i was like oh my god i've been doing this for four or five years and i suck and that's, a, that's a hard one to take <laughs> yeah and i did i sucked like, I barely knew how to uh, examine a shoulder properly. And, but when I put in the work and had a vision, and I almost, you know, I almost gave up the business at that point. That was, 2016 mm. was a very ter- big point for me. I was getting divorced, um, and I was looking to move out of state. Mm-hmm. I was going to work for someone else. Mm-hmm. And that was a, uh, I had to, live with that reality and that vision for me to get so strong now yeah like just bouncing back yeah twice as hard and it also caused me to be very minimal which i think is a very very important thing yeah to have to do you have to i don't believe in going big or going home Uh, yeah i've gotten that business advice plenty um and i think it's yeah i mean that's a whole other conversation but i think it can be very yeah. destructive but when you're ready for it mm-hmm. like i'm ready for it now and someone saw that vision and now i have an investor like mm-hmm. i can spend money on those things mm-hmm. and i have some and he's he's a cfo now he's my cfo mm-hmm. after is. you've <laughs> after <laughs> you've proven i mean i don't want to say the word proven no, but like proven's right yeah yeah that you that you have a good head about your shoulders mm-hmm. um and that you again like it goes back to like investing into your own spirituality like any business owner can invest in anything that they think is going to help their business. But if you invest in yourself spiritually, emotionally, like intuitively, then you're betting on yourself. You're investing in your own ability to solve mm-hmm. problems. I know that, um, for, for example, I've done plenty of, of um, personal development as well. And I know that um, if my business, for example, were to just completely crash and fail, and I think this is true with every business, if your business were to just completely crash and fail, you have the inter- inner skills and like if the internet were to blow up and we never use the internet ever again, like you would have the skills within yourself to come up with a new idea or the, to know that it's okay and kind of rewire that to be something positive. But if you just keep investing in things that you don't really feel like are in alignment, then mm-hmm. you're kind of just running on a hamster wheel. Yep. Yep. So yeah, those things have really, I mean, and right now I just feel like I'm at the, I'm dipping my toe in what is the next generation of this business and mm-hmm. that what I wanted at first was to uh, impact so many female athletes. I'm going to do more than that. Like mm-hmm. I, and you already have, I yeah. feel. Oh, yay. <laughs> um, I feel like I know that this business is going to impact millions of people mm-hmm. and teach them that their body is full of magic. And it's not from you know, um, secrets that you're going to find on a, on, you know, five tips to avoid holiday bulge. Like that ain't it. It's not, you know, it's, it is understanding that there is magic Mm -hmm. and you own it. It's inside of you. And Mm -hmm. once you take ownership of it, just like all this intuition stuff, Mm -hmm. it is there for you to have. 
mm-hmm. and it is there for you to enjoy. Like, you get that choice. You get that opportunity. And, like, the sooner that someone realizes that, the um, the healthier they're going to be and the more energy they're going to have to do whatever it is that they want to do with this life, this vessel. Mm-hmm. And whether that's have kids or, you know, build a boat and um, – follow Greta Thornburg around like that's <laughs> cool too like it, you yeah know, you can't do that without fitness you yeah know? yeah I feel like you're this whole podcast in general and your your mission statement very much ties into like why do we say mind body and spirit because mm-hmm. I know in the yoga community we say like mind body spirit and it kind of you know what does that even mean mm-hmm. um but it sounds like mind also body also spirit together don't forget about brain. Don't mind about and brain. brain are different. Mind and brain. And yep. I feel like that comes with body, but I don't know. Maybe you have a different mm, feeling about I think, it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the, well, I think the body, like in Chinese medicine um, and, you know, circadian rhythm science uh, has different rhythms within it. And mm-hmm. that the brain is also the, I mean, the nervous system and the digestive system, all these things that are putting making the action happen are the brain. Mm-hmm. And then the mind is the multidimensional thing that um, encompasses the memories, the uh, the directive, mm-hmm. you know, because if you make up your mind that this podcast sucked like 20 minutes ago, mm-hmm. your, your brain and your body have already responded to that. Yeah, your, bo- your brain sent signals to your entire body to agree with it yeah <laughs> and then your emotions will also start to kick in yep. and like if it's exactly like if your heart's racing really quickly your emotion is like fear like i'm yep. afraid and it's the same thing yeah. goes with every decision you ever make yep. fun fact <laughs> yeah, no, i mean we t- i've talked about this on the podcast before with a psychologist mm. um she had an experience with one of her trainers uh as a trainee mm-hmm. that she was scared every time she went to go see him mm-hmm. and i was like well that would also that message was relayed to your every muscle mm-hmm. you know and every hormone involved with exercise and your physiology mm-hmm. so once you all realize that that's the possibility then your whole perspective should change on exercise like whoa mm-hmm. i have so much control over these outcomes mm-hmm. because there's so much um relying on my mindset and how I execute and more so the mindset than the execution to be honest with you but which is you know going to break some hearts of like my MAT and RTS colleagues but it's, it's very true because we're very focused on mechanics and uh, out and um, mechanical outcomes and kinesiology very it's not often talked about is this mindset piece and how it determines the outcome Oh, anyway. <laughs> wow. 59 minutes, 37 seconds. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, just the tip of the iceberg. I feel yeah. Like after did 10 we, years. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> what did, did we miss anything? Um, I want to ask about how you, your office job that you got fired from oh, for dressing yeah. inappropriately. Yeah. The Brittany Jean year. <laughs> when I read about that on your Instagram, I was just like, yep, like you are so in the right place at the right time <laughs> in your life right now. Like that is so it was so right funny. down the street. From here? Mm-hmm. Well, how and exciting. Yeah. It was my first office job. I was with a boy who had convinced me that it was not mm, it was not couth enough to do what I was doing. Like, I was 
too much yeah. of this like rabid kitty cat running around. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I needed an office job, so I said, "Okay, rabid screw it. kitty cat." That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a try. Yeah. And um, within four days, they were like, "We've seen your thong like every day." <laughs> <laughs> And you don't know what you're doing. And it yeah. was very true. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, and yeah. I don't actually to this day know what I was doing. I, don't I was about to ask you, what were you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had a desk. Um, and, and that's I like most jobs anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember, I, uh, I think I was hired to be some kind of a marketing coordinator, like assistant. And I've always been obsessed with marketing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's. That but that's when that's yeah. like confirmation that you were meant to channel yeah. that marketing into here, into your own business. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to be totally fair with you, I feel like most people don't know what they're doing in certain jobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> it just no, it, it, that just speaks to like when you're so yourself and you're so just like born and bred for one particular thing, which uh-huh. is what you're doing now. Everything else just seems like la la land. Yeah. Like you are you just feel so misplaced no matter where you are yep. if you're not in your element and that's why I think that story is so funny <laughs> and it was meant to be shared because there's probably someone out there right now who just got fired for having their thong hanging out every day <laughs> um the high-waisted jeans are in there yeah Brittany's out yeah yeah I mean <laughs> I, I I appreciate that personally yeah. but um yeah that's I think that was just a, that's a good that's a good story to share anytime you feel like something happens and you're like what is going on yeah and then it usually ends up being the best blessing um that, that's what i feel like your 10 years have been like a really good indicator of of like it's all good even when you talked about how like five whole years in you wanted to give it all up like mm-hmm. you you were going through it and five mm-hmm. whole years in like that's enough time for some people to call it quits mm-hmm. um i know there's a there's a coffee shop down the street from where i live that just closed their doors and now i'm like oh my gosh i have no certainty of anything anymore it was a it's a coffee shop and hardware store and i liked it because I could bring my dog there. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, that's besides the point. But I just saw their, like, going out of business sign, and it just made me think, like, man, I have no faith in anything anymore ever again. But now it has been reno- renewed after yeah. hearing about your whole 10-year story. Oh, man. And I'm finishing up this wonderful podcast solo by accident. Unfortunately, there was too much audio fuzz on the back end of that podcast. Um, there was a little bit of that in be- you know, uh, several minutes earlier. And I'm sorry to interrupt the conversation because it truly was flowing. But uh Nonetheless, it was a very powerful uh, experience for me to do that with Katie and to get vulnerable on the recording like I did and her feedback and insight and support was really shown in the podcast. I really appreciate that. That's something that she has for me day in and day out and I'm so grateful to have her as a part of my business. Her stuff is in the show notes. And so just a quick recap of what I had to delete because of the audio fuzz. We retouched on the importance of that rebirth phase of 2015, 2016. And 
reflecting on that turning point in particular was a powerful moment for me. And if you get anything from this as an entrepreneur, I think it's that that phase is probably a good inward looking phase and reassessing phase. I, I don't, I wouldn't change anything about what happened, even though it was very stressful and a kind of a dark time for me personally, I stretched my boundaries of, um, comfort and what is it? Security more in that phase and it really contributed to a lot of self self empowerment and growth and of course the business growth and then we also circled back to NLP which we mentioned in the in the first 10 minutes and NLP is interesting because it has a synchronicity to my rebirth phase and that's why I brought it up and NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. It's a renowned in the like behavioral and psychology sciences and used in all sorts of high-level coaching and educational techniques. It essentially engineers a positive intentional action within the person getting treated or taught or coached. And the actions are changing thought patterns, changing behavioral patterns, or achieving a goal. It was developed in the 1970s as a therapy technique. And as I said, it's used for all types of interventions, including mental health, health issues, mental toughness. So whole spectrum and it even has been studied as recently as 2013 for helping students with special learning needs. The reasoning behind what it is and why it works is that the most important commu communication is not between people but within people. The synchronicity that I was just referring to was that I was using the technique through a book that a friend had gifted me and I was able to look outside of my business, m minimize everything, every piece of tangible possession and attachment to the business. So I got rid of everything, not just physically, but like emotionally and spiritually. And any codependent relationship I had within my business to like want to fix people and want to help people and you know, what a save people. I unattach those. It was so important for where I am now. So, whew, um, then, you know, being able to reconnect with my business in this meaningful and focused way came from NLP. So that was the really interesting synchronicity that happened because I asked Katie randomly what she was going to do with her next year as far as continuing education, and that happened to be it. She's 26 years old, so I am loving that and loving that analytical and deep spiritual thinking that she's bringing to her clients and her students and her own practice of movement. So... I spent about five months on that technique, and like I said, it bettered myself, 
helped me change outcomes and change the ways of my emotional health. Huge for think fit, be fit, right? Emotional health. Uh, the final piece of the conversation that had too much audio fuzz was about the near and distant future for impact your fitness. So the studio guys, I am going to, going to continue to evolve my studio in Alexandria, Virginia, so that we are helping people with chronic injuries and getting them to remove the old patterns of those chronic injuries and get stronger and faster or just help them feel younger and more active. So we'll use the muscle activation techniques, the RX process, which is something I've spent the last four or five years studying, which is a big upgrade to my business. And then the active recovery modalities, which is like the Normatec, the Juve Light. We also have Pilates-based fitness therapy. And adding a second MAT specialist, I would, I'm, I, I have a job opening for someone that is getting certified or is newly certified or has a couple years of practice and they want to relocate that um, if you're interested in that please uh, email me immediately <laughs> I want to talk to you and <laughs> um, the online membership to movement pathways is in our near future we have it available now it's the second beta edition and movement pathways is a place uh, where People are learning how to apply the concepts of pain-free movement and getting the old injury patterns out of your body, your joints, strengthening those joints, and then resuming exercise with a whole new outlook on how your body and muscles work. It's... I've been working on it for a year now, over a year, <laughs> and it's pretty awesome. Uh, and it's very, it's in depth. And right now, it's only three hundred dollars. So that price will definitely be going up in two twenty twenty. Um, podcast upgrades. I love doing the podcast, y'all. I love sharing this information. I love getting my thoughts out. I love clearing uh, the. I love teaching, not clearing. I, I love teaching. I love taking teaching moments from my clients and sharing it with you guys and, and connecting with some badasses in the fitness industry and helping you to connect and configure your own movement dojo and be smart in your fitness and your exercise. The upgrades will be, I'm going to have a series of shorter podcasts, 10 minutes. Uh, they are going to be nonfiction <laughs> fitness they are going to define these terms that you will use in your exercise day in and day out so that you can think fit and be fit so more exercise science and uh the overall big picture of impact your fitness is to be at the forefront of health and wellness as a someone who really knows how to prevent injuries and, and keep injuries from coming back. I believe that we are going to live a long time in this generation, multiple generations, 
and that if we want to stay fit, we want to have a active pain-free lifestyle, we have to get this deep, we have to get this deep inner connection with exercise going. And that's where I want to be for you and for the whole entire audience. This has been a wonderful opportunity. Thank you so much for listening. And I cannot wait to see you in the new year. Thanks.